You're listening to The Only Constant, where we explore how minor change brings lasting hope. On this episode of the podcast, we spoke with Vicki Size. Vicki is earning her MFA in directing from Florida State University. During her undergrad years at UCF, Vicki earned a sociology degree, but always had a passion for filmmaking during her education. For personal reasons, she left film behind for a time, teaching English, sociology, and economics to high school seniors for seven years. Vicky explains that her students often came from less than ideal situations, but Vicky's young age allowed her to create long-lasting bonds with her students. Her experience as a teacher to these children taught her to be grateful for life in general, and she was given meaningful insights during her time as an educator, which prepared her for the intensity of filmmaking. Her students eventually encouraged her to pursue a different career that made her happy and fed her soul. While Vicky didn't want to leave teaching or her students behind, she needed a life that was truthful and fulfilling in a different way. Something to think about in your own life as you listen today. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening. Good morning, friend. Good morning. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I want to start out with your name and your preferred pronouns. Uh, my name is Vicky Size, okay. and uh, is it okay if I don't answer the preferred pronouns? Yes, yeah, of okay. course. Yeah. There you go. Okay, <laughs> Um So let's, what is your major at the moment, and what did you used to major in? Okay, well, I'm right now in the MFA program with the film school. Um, mm. My major is in film production, and I'm a directing specialist there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Prior to that, which starts to feel like a long time ago, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I was I went to UCF and I got my bachelor's in sociology. Mm. Very cool. Okay, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. What is there any connection between sociology and <laughs> filmmaking, or is it just like was it like a random decision that you made in between undergrad and grad? Well, not quite. So I graduated um, high school with the last minute intention to go to college. You know, I was kind of like, <laughs> I don't think I want to do this thing, and then. I woke up, luckily, like right before acceptance deadlines and was like, no, 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 this is something that I want to do if I want to be a better person or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so the plan was film production. I went to Valencia at first uh, because Valencia Community College because they have a film production program. But Mm -hmm. for a lot of personal reasons... um, you know, that we can get into, I don't have a problem with. But to shorten this answer, I had to kind of leave that behind and try to focus on a better goal to better myself, Okay. Uh, which led me to sociology, you know. Okay. Kind of became like a form of paid therapy, <laughs> learning about other people. You kind of learn about yourself, kind of open those doors. Then I started to leave the film dream behind and switch to teaching and traveling and then... Mm. So you did actually teach and travel for a little bit. Yeah, I taught for seven years oh, that's cool. um, from graduation to when I got accepted. What did you teach? I taught sociology and economics. Um, I started off in teaching English um, because it's the worst job in education. So it's the most uh, higher job. And then I, you know, over time, I kind of got landed in this in the social studies department. Mm. Um did you Went teach to, at university or did you teach? No, I taught high only school? high school. Okay. Yeah, high school seniors uh, for the most part. So then I did government and then I, and it, in order to get sociology, I also had to get economics. Um, so it was just kind of like 
you don't know what you're going to be teaching sometimes. How was it teaching high school seniors after graduating <laughs> college? <laughs> um, well, it was intriguing. My first few years uh, of my career was actually teaching the most or the students that were a bit disregarded, unfortunately. So mm. they were kind of like the high school dropouts that wanted to come back and, you know, make a change in their lives. So I was actually 22 teaching 21 year olds. And that was Whoa. very strange. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Probably maybe helped a little bit because it was like, maybe it didn't, but I feel like maybe if your teacher was closer to your age, there's more of an understanding there or some, something. Did you notice anything like that? Yeah. I tried to use it to my advantage as much as possible. I mean, I taught in where I grew up and I grew up in those neighborhoods. So mm. to me, I kind of knew those kids. It just, mm, uh, okay. um, I think for them it was both empowering and a little disheartening because it's kind of like they're 21 still a little bit further behind and I was 21 and kind of successful in their right. opinion but mm -hmm. um being for them was being there for them was everything to me and I really shaped those bonds um it was just like having to create such a strong boundary I mean that was a bit hard because I was mm. my students were like one year younger than me and my co-workers were like 10 20 I was just it was it was a weird plan I didn't That's quite so weird. I didn't quite stick with my co-workers you know we didn't have some things in common and I would go to work to my classroom catch up with them about you know whatever anime we're watching whatever video game we're playing and then I had to turn it on Oh. Yeah, and then it just had to be like, no, now mm. we're here to learn. So was that humbling in any way? Having, like you said, because mm. in their perspective, maybe they felt like they were behind and maybe you were successful in their opinion. So is was that like in any way humbling? Like, oh, maybe I, ha maybe, yeah, was it? Yeah, I mean, I think so. But I also find it like a little strange to personally say like, this humbled me. Oh, no, I mean. <laughs> no, like... I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean, though. I mean, it. It completely blew my mind, um, and that's the I answer just, I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it shaped, it changed me, and I just found just so many ways to be grateful. Um, and I just, I wouldn't, I don't think in the long run I wouldn't trade that experience. Um, so many things happened. Just I've, and like I said, while I grew up in similar or the same neighborhoods honestly you know at the end of the day I, I still had an aspect of my childhood where I never felt like I had to fight too hard mm. um, and just seeing what they were going through and still willing to show up I mean yeah. I, I think <laughs> I don't think I could have survived film school if it wasn't for that sort of preparation just seeing people willing to show up every day they would have to leave school to go to work, you know, take care of their siblings, come back. I mean. Wow. Yeah. Strong people. Very strong people. Mm. So, you know, I think I, I, I always say that my teaching experience, they taught me more than I think I actually taught them. Holy moly. Yeah. Well, that's, see, that's yeah. wisdom right there. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. you, so you spent seven years teaching. Yeah. And you said during that time. Maybe, or maybe you kind of, you said that you kind of left the filmmaking dream behind when you entered mm -hmm. college, but during the seven year period post mm -hmm. undergrad graduation, right. what was going through your head? 
Like, were you just planning on being a teacher for a little bit? Like, what kind of jogged that memory? Yeah, I just, there was, for most of it, I committed to being a teacher. Okay. Um, and I was committed to my students, uh, first and foremost. Um, so cool. I eventually, <laughs> I eventually uh, made the switch to, I was, I was working for a charter. I made a switch to the public school. Um, and that was a very heartbreaking experience because they, you know, uh, because there was no way for them to ever go back. So, Mm. but it was just like the corporate aspect of the charter school was a bit rough and I just needed to like, you know, be, do better for myself. I mean, like a salary increase and stuff like that. It was just like, we love you, but yeah no you're just gonna make this kind of amount of money for the rest of your life and um it was it was my students who made me encouraged me to do the first push to say that i deserve better to make more money and students yeah i mean (laughs) wow yeah and um and 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 i hated to leave them behind funny side story quickly I actually left them at the perfect time because very shortly after, I believe that they were FBI rated, this company, and I just feel like I got off Scott clean. Yes, because I was <laughs> oh, wow. I was found by two FBI agents, and was like I was asked to ask I was asked to answer questions about this company, and you know I just answered honestly. I, they found me at my new school. And I was like, I am so glad I got out of there. Dude, so this is bananas. I can't imagine. Yeah. That being approached by FBI agents. What was that like? They like, were buff. I mean, that, that's like, what the were they first wearing? thing I thought. Really? Did they look like, <laughs> yeah. they look like FBI yeah. agents? Yes, they totally look like they FBI have, like, agents. They sunglasses and suits and stuff. Uh, I, uh, was it like Aaron's film? <laughs> <laughs> it was more of like a polo and a khaki because they were in the education department. Also, I didn't know like there was an education division. I mean, this was... Oh, I was blown away because being an FBI agent or like a spy was my childhood kid-like uh, firefighter dream. So I thought I was going to be like in the FBI. Um, so that was like really impressive and taunting, but it wasn't anything super. I mean, like I said, they came to my new job unexpectedly. I had to meet with them and briefly talk with them, but I was a teacher. I didn't have anything interesting to offer. <laughs> were they nice? Like, I want to know what they were like. Yeah. Yeah. They have a, they have a kind of strong presence, you know, but they were friendly. I mean, I don't have anything, you mm, know, I just like, remember thinking yeah. that they were buff. But you, yeah. yeah, like you definitely knew guys. they could mess anybody yeah. up, like at a second. Yeah, with like a man. textbook or something, you know, in the education <laughs> department. They'll make, they'll make um, use of any uh, any weapon that they can find. Yeah, <laughs> like a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I did immediately after look what is the age cap on applying for the FBI, which is thirty five, by the way. So if I ever oh. have a change of heart, there's yeah. an age cap. Yeah, I believe they don't hire after 35. I don't want old 40-year-olds <laughs> yeah. running around. <laughs> yeah, they want your pension to mean something, I guess. So um, That was a cool side story, though. Yeah. But you didn't want to leave your students behind. I didn't. And um, they they were the ones that – they've always been the ones from, the, from day one to, uh, like, encourage me in a way that, that it's just – because it feels so sacrificial for them. You know, um, to to tell that person to go versus just knowing that it might be better for them if that person stayed behind. So they were openly encouraging you. It wasn't like a 
like a like a internal encouragement where you were like yeah no no the okay. internal motivation or confidence was just not there <laughs> um, I gotcha. so, so they were physically saying like you deserve yes yes more situation. or less verbatim right. um mm-hmm. they always routinely asked me why i was there yeah, and and i would be like there for y'all and they're just like yeah no um and i was like okay really? um i mean really? that's the super short version but yeah. yeah i will i before i do move on um to just kind of like what has happened after that mm-hmm. and we don't have to do like a, a a moment of silence or anything like that but during my five years at this company and just kind of given the situation that my my students at that time were in uh, i do want to give a bit of a recognition for the few students that i did have pass away uh, just given to the neighborhood situations and okay. oh my. you know certain lifestyles that they were in. So yeah. I had a handful of my students uh, pass away for different scenarios. Um, wow! Get arrested, go to jail, and and you know I don't know where they are now, but I I, I you know I, I at least those. Uh, but I you know I do I do hope that they've you know hopefully been a- able to turn some things around and. And it was, you know, it's it was painstaking to go to work some days and and find out that you know, you know, I lost a student and things like that. So you know, that was another motivator That's for, heavy. yeah, for wanting to leave in a way. I just I didn't know, you know, it's kind of like, do you stick around or or do you just try to get in a better situation? It's always like a hard. Because you want a hard people, line to walk, right? But you also, it's it's very emotional. Yeah. Taxing. yeah. Yeah. So I, I think with their encouragement and just with some of the things that, that I was seeing, I was like, I, I think I need to, to move on. Um, mm. And then I made the move into the district, um, mm. which, you know, just has more assurances mm-hmm. um, for for teachers and stuff like that. So because I was ready to I was ready to make. Funny enough, I was ready to make a career out of it, and I was just going to commit and do like my twenty years or or thirty years and things mm. like that. Yeah. So you went to mm. public school. Mm-hmm. And what were the differences? I mean, I would imagine there were a lot of differences, but what were some of the major differences there? Yeah, I'm very curious myself because I've heavily mm-hmm. considered being a teacher at some point, just because I love the idea of directly, like you said, directly helping students right. or just people in general. You know, and it's like. I'm very curious to hear what it's like being in the education sect of things. You know, like, what's the pay like? What's the experience like? And what kind of benefits can you expect from it, you know? Well, the, the, I think the most helpful answer is that it always depends on the principal. So, of course, you know, with different cities or states or schools, there's different laws and expectations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, but... It always comes down to the principal, the administration, like how much they care about, um, not to say that some care more than others, it's just more of their approach. Does your approach to the classroom match their approach to the school, if, mm. if that makes sense? Okay. Um, otherwise, so that you're not really then butting heads um, mm. and just like, wanting to to do something then they won't allow it and then it's just like because while i think that work should be hard in the sense that it should be challenging it shouldn't you shouldn't wake up pained you know like dreadful to go to work yes um 
so I, you know, I was I was very lucky in my first uh, I guess foray into the public school because um, I loved the principal and uh, and that was a, a sort of trip in its own way because I taught I went back to teach at the high school I went to. Um. So, <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. So there were teachers there, um, even substitutes that you know after ten years or you know were still substitutes, and they recognized me. And um, did you take the job that they were hoping for? What do you mean? Well, like if they were, I don't think substitutes are like. Oh, I sorry. I thought you were meaning like the substitutes oh, were there no, no. for ten years no. waiting to get the teaching <laughs> position. Oh no, no, no. More just like a lot of substitutes just have other jobs and yeah. they just kind of do that. Um, oh. like I, I wasn't expecting um uh for this for this one guy to like, you know, have made a career. He just like kind of it's more of like his side job or hmm. um uh, if they're some people are retired and they go and sub. You know, you know, so it, there's like a every substitute is kind of like a different story. Gotcha. Um, okay. Which, which I did do actually for fi about five months before I started teaching. But um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, they're they're not necessarily all trying to transition. So, mm. but I was just shocked that he even recognized me, mm. and um, and I remember on just one of the days just walking to school one of the security guards uh stopped me and and then i was like no it's me like it's miss size you know i i would i would i would get yelled at all the time uh, <laughs> oh, for, thought you were a student or something yeah for for just like being out of class or something like that <laughs> and then i was like you know i was like miss up here you know she goes like oh my god like 10 years just came and went so fast, yeah. you know, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, that was, it was, it was different in some other ways, just kind of like, um, you know, having to follow, at the charter school, they kind of followed their own curriculum, um, mm. where, you know, there were certain standards and expectations, uh, that you had to make sure that you were hitting. And uh, it was just kind of weird to, to be in such a large environment again, because the charter school that I was at, its students were maybe three to 500. So I'm mm. now going back to a 2000 student population. Mm. Just, you know, it, it's, it was like, the other school was more of like an office space setting right. in, in a way. And this was just like, now you're back at school. Um, mm. I gotcha. Yeah, and just kind of, having to uh i don't know kind of being more there was more of like a a, a teacher lunchroom environment mm, and there was a lot more activities the other school didn't really have activities so now we're just now we're talking about field trips and uh. all this other thing <laughs> I, all these other things i had to wrap I would my head love around to see you bring some kids <laughs> on a field trip <laughs> so i was like uh i was uh you know i only ever did one, there's there's so many processes to certain things, but, you know, I wasn't seasoned enough yet. Uh, but, I mean, it was kind of mind-blowing like that mm. to just to just be, a, like, in that environment again wearing the other hat, you know. I, I would always tell my students, I, I came here, I know where all the secret passageways are, you know. <laughs> you know, don't fuck with me kind of thing. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so when Caleb and I were recording the other day, I was like, 
I worked at a restaurant mm-hmm. for about two years. My last day is coming up very soon. I'm excited. Um, and I was kind of like, I feel like a restaurant is a job. I was like, now that I've had this experience, I think mm-hmm. a piece of advice that I will bring to the rest of my life is everybody should work a restaurant job. Mm-hmm. Just at least like for a little bit. Right. Just so you can get that perspective on how hard it is. You can, in the same kind of, obviously not the same experiences that you've had, but the same idea of like, okay, the experience was kind of mind blowing in a sense that like there are so many different people that work at restaurants for different reasons mm-hmm. and different types of people. And there's really nice customers. There's really, re- you see the full spectrum of humanity, right? except for like killing people, hopefully. I mean, I'm, you know, anyway, um, <laughs> but um, would you say that maybe teaching is, would you say the same thing about teaching? Like, could that be something that everybody should try? Not that everybody can. It's a little bit less accessible than working at a restaurant. But mm-hmm. like just the idea of being a teacher, is that something that you think is could be valuable for everybody, even if they couldn't do it? <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to ask here. Yeah, I think that. I guess if I answer your question, but also realistically, I think that being a substitute can also kind of bring in that that same idea. Yeah, Um, Hmm. being a substitute is a lot more accessible. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a lot more accessible. the 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 process is is not as difficult, and if you really try you can gain that same level of, of, of knowledge, you know, if, you know, cause being a substitute, I think can have like two different experiences. You can just kind of go in there and just, you know, you, 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 that... you could either just survive for the day and, yeah. and end up getting your paycheck. And as long as all the students are alive and well, like you've, you've had an easy day, you know, mm-hmm. I think the substitutes that have it hard are ones that, really try to put in an effort um but <laughs> yeah, because because kids they really don't care right right you care. know and if it's like teachers out they're like i'm not listening to whoever this person is <laughs> yeah it's like finding that middle ground when when for the few months that i was a substitute i i it was it was hard because i was at a subs i was a substitute at a school where the teachers were just leaving like flies like they were just oh no these students just like, I mean, I thought I, you know, to get a certain position, I always had kind of assumed that it was hard to get into a substitute pool. Um, but then I just realized it was hard to get into the schools that everyone kind of wants to be a substitute at, which is where the days are easier. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember my first substitute job, I, I solidified a whole work week, five days. And I was like, oh, OK, you know. Uh, it wasn't, it was a bit of a tough situation. You know, teachers were leaving. It was just too hard. The students were a bit rambunctious, um, more than rambunctious. And I was just like, okay, how am I going to work this out to my favor? Um, and I could see the average person just walking in there and getting the fuck out of there because it's just like, this is just insane. But you're, you not, you're not the average person. <laughs> That's what we're going to oh. hear now. <laughs> um, so just given the fact that, and this was more or less my first job. I never had a job 
before that. I never worked at a fast food restaurant. I never worked at a restaurant. I never uh, worked at a... Okay. Teaching was my first so job. So this is like... Wow. So, so to wow. me, this was like, I have to... If I can't do this, like, I'm just not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much to prove, I feel like, to myself, you know, to my parents and to all the jobs that just never wanted to hire me because I didn't have experience. So teaching is such a good, you know, way to get experience because it's qualification based. It's yeah. not experience based. If you have the qualifications for which for a substitute, it's only a, an associate's degree. That's it. They're not here measuring anything else. Like just an associate's degree in anything. Yes. Yeah. And then There's you go through like a you go through like listening. a day, you go through like a day of training and and, you know, it's qualification based. So. You're just like, they're like, okay, you qualify. And then they go and give you jobs. Uh, for and what that. about like a standard teacher? Is it like undergrad? Uh, it's a bachelor's, yeah. yes. And then um, you can get into the classroom, but there's more rules. You have a certain amount of years to complete three exams. You mean like a teaching? Like to like be a, a teacher and to be an educator in the classroom. Hmm. Right, there's like certificates yeah. you have to get. Three exams. Yeah, there's three exams in Florida. In Florida, okay. Yeah. And based on each different. state. Yeah. Every state is a little bit different. And then, then you can get into the conversation about like reciprocity. Like if if I get a, um, a teaching license in this state, does it count to other states? But that's a whole mm-hmm. other bag. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just was like, I you know, I, I had to basically never had a job, never anything. And I was like. Okay, you know, I've said, kept saying I'm going to be a teacher. Like, if I can't figure out a way to handle this, then, you know, I'm on, after the first day, you know, anyways. So they just clearly didn't want to work. And I don't blame them. They didn't have a lot of structure in their lives at, you know, up until that point. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like and the students. The students, yes. So it's kind of like, how can I come in here being mad at them for something that was done to them? Not something that they were just, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, being you like know a. What? I hate to interrupt, but that's mm-hmm. something that's like very. Well, Kayla said it before. It's very wise because I feel like, you know, we've all had substitute teachers that are mm-hmm. jerks or like. Right. I don't know. I there. I remember in middle school there was this lady that would come in, and it was almost like her goal was to just be mean. And I'm like, why are you even here if you don't <laughs> want to like enjoy the situation? And um. <clears throat> I mean, I, there's a difference between just being mean and then being, like, author- like right. the authority in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I was going to say is, you know, I wonder how many people go into the substitute job and or either forget or lose their empathy for, like, mm-hmm. these are just kids who are, yeah. they're just in a situation. And I can't judge them. They, they, might, they might almost take it personally, like, I fucking hate that kid because yeah of piece. but it's like maybe that kid it just and they, you don't know the situation and they're all kids even up until they're 18 so you're trying to be they're all kids and when i was a substitute <clears throat> i it was middle school mm-hmm. yeah um so mm-hmm. you know after that experience i did decide i wouldn't teach middle school but in that moment middle school is hard you know it's tough and i i just i was there for a couple of weeks and you know i just kind of i a lot of a lot of substitutes also use that kind of time to like study for other things. So you know, I think I went in there at first, doing like, okay, I'm gonna have these expectations, you know, to they're gonna do this work or whatever, you know. Then that after that first week, I was like, okay, this isn't working, <laughs> you know. 
Um, and then I was like, well, you know what? As long as they remain alive and well, you know, and they go to the bathroom and they come back, because mm-hmm. that's always a that's always a worry. <laughs> um, you know, some substitutes use that time to like study for other things, like they're maybe taking college classes or. So then I started to bring my book. I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, mess with this. I'm just gonna study for what I'm trying to do. Then they kind of take note of that. They like look around. You know, they're looking at what's important to you. And slowly but surely, it started off with this one girl, and she was bored of that. She was bored of messing around. She wanted to learn something. Mm. And she was like, can you teach me something? And I was like, okay. I had, at that time, gotten really into um, Sudoku because when I was in undergrad, like I said, I signed up for classes really late, so I got this math class that wasn't like... I don't know, like a traditional math class in the sense of like algebra or geometry. It was just like other ways to use math. And it was like talking about paper mail routes and Sudoku. And Whoa. and it was just like, it was really entertaining. And it was... Is that the title of the class? Other ways to use math? It was something that like that. Honestly, sounds it was like It was like, if you, it's like you need a math credit, but let's say you're not great at math. This yeah. was like the way that you could apply math to like real world scenarios. Like yeah. Freshman year. And um, so then I got like, you know, I, that carried over and I was like uh, playing Sudoku. So then, you know, I, you know, taught Sudoku and how to do it. And and they were like slowly starting to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I will say that it was a, I was substituting for an English class, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just like starting, you know, with the Sudoku thing and then. And then they were starting to kind of get into that. And then I was like. Uh, you know getting called either getting called back or again no one was available and I was super available so then I would just but I kept getting assigned to the same classroom mm. you know so you became their teacher yeah o- o- over... and then after a while it was just like you know then I was like okay I kind of have them a little bit let me actually do the subject you know which you know English is actually not uh, my strong suit for a subject it, it's actually my least favorite subject so <laughs> so having to find a way to make it interesting for me so I can make it interesting for them I think was in my benefit because sometimes you know I worry about teachers where they teach a subject that comes to them so easily that there can be a gap sometimes mm. on like how to communicate that knowledge yeah. outward yeah so uh yeah, I don't know. I think the school eventually, you know, either they had them in the classroom or they ended up bringing them some like just basic workbooks, you know, for the FCAT or 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 whatever the um, you know, the standardized test is. And I still say FCAT because that's what it was for it's me. The FSA. Yeah. Or yeah, there you go. The FSA. That's <laughs> okay. I just aged myself. I remember a bit. when it was FCAT. I remember it was yeah. FCAT. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't and, that old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I always think I'm like sixty, and um, no shame to sixty year olds. And yeah, I just, it was, that's how it was. And slowly, and there was always like the, you know, the small handful of of kids that just, you know, or they would rotate. Sometimes they want to learn and pay attention. Sometimes they wouldn't. And, you know, I ended my experience there with just them paying attention. And it took time. Oh, that's cool. It took time. But I would have burnt myself out and just cursed the whole teaching profession if I would have continued to just fight with them on what they were doing you know so it sounds like 
you learn patience. Yes. <laughs> like patience that's, and empathy. Like that's yeah. like, I mean, for sure. Oh, for sure. Empathy. I mean, I'm getting that the whole story through, but it's like, it sounds like that I'm trying to like lead this into how, mm-hmm. again, where film came into the picture. Like, I'm sorry. Where did, <laughs> no, yeah, no. So, I really appreciate you sharing the yeah. insight on being a teacher because I mean, this is the first time we've had this experience and all the people that we've had on so far have been educated. They've never, right. you know, they've never educated, though. You know what I'm saying? They never educated someone else. So mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting. It's a completely different perspective. Like you said, it's a whole new hat to wear. Right. You know? So the, the jump to film is is almost, like, uh, not that exciting. It was just that I don't remember if I was, I'd have to think back a little bit. If I was, it was near the end of my run at the at the uh, charter school or if it was I was already in I think it must have been like really close in between where one of my students who had um, already he had already graduated high school you know from my classroom and and, you know like I see was already like 21 or 22 so you know I think some time had passed and um, he had reached out to me to let me know that one of his coworkers was going to do a 48 hour film festival. And just because he's known me, you know, for all those years and all I do is talk about movies and all this other stuff. <laughs> um, and I'm sure at some point I had mentioned that I was going to go to film school and things like that. He was like, uh, I can share your information. And I remember being at like, party or something when he gave me the call it was either like uh, you know a new year's eve or something like that sounds like a movie moment and uh <laughs> and you know i wasn't quite happy with where certain things were you know in my personal life or, or my romantic life so i was just like stepped out to actually give the call my attention hmm. and um and i was like yeah okay like i'll do this thing um the motivation really was one because I liked movies and two because it was just a group of boys and they needed some girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, alrighty. So then I was just kind of like, I guess I'll just, I'll be, you know, I'll just participate. And then they just like, they wanted to kind of ensure that they had a girl for like an actress or something like that. Cause you don't know, you know, in the 48 hour film festival, what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, like this was, this is the 48 hours. Like, yeah, I have a free weekend. So um, you guys off were making weekends. a movie in 48 hours. Yeah, so I, I met them. We had a meeting. There was like a brief plan about the expectation. And then um, I didn't go to the the kickoff, but I met up with them after like when the 48 started. And mm. I was just basically like sitting in the background. You know, I never met these people. So I was like occasionally having an opinion on just like, or sharing this or sharing that, seeing if they, because I was more, confident in more storytelling you know Mm. but you know i was just i was given a role and then the next day you know we were shooting and all that other stuff wow so you're an actor (laughs) 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 um and um yeah so i just i did this thing and and when we did the little premiere and we watched it and one thing that I've always valued about myself is that I, while I'm not great at creating opportunities, I, when someone says something like, you know, at, at, you know, we're rapping or whatever, and then I hear, 
you know, if you ever want to make something else, let me know. Oh, I, I sent him a script, like, in 24 hours. You know, <laughs> oh like, gosh. that was it. Whoa. That's all, like, I don't, you know, sometimes I don't know how to build the door, but I know how to walk through it. And well, I heard that, and instantly I was like, okay, I've had scripts, I've had stories just sitting here, you know. Uh, it, it, he was the guy with the equipment and stuff like that, and I was like, great, and I don't have to, like, spend all this money, really. I can just, we can, like, team up together. Hmm. And um, that would just kind of kickstarted the process um a little bit for into that window mm. i also in regards to acting you know because i was never i i did like storytelling uh but anytime i was watching something it was either for the story or the performances mm. um the production side never really gripped me so i did join a, an acting workshop in south florida mm. to just do you know, just to learn more about that. I, f I find acting actually more fascinating than kind of what we do in, in the background. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, I was, I was doing that and then and just, you know, and then found this guy and he was just, like, willing to, uh, you know, work with me. And, and, yeah, and then we made a short film. Just wow. like that. I was just like, <laughs> that was it. I was, like, putting all the pieces together. Um, one of my... One of my students at my new school, she was, uh, she was, she was graduating, and because I taught senior, she was graduating, and she had just got accepted into. I don't recall the name, but it was one of the, you know, one of the bigger acting schools in Manhattan. Mm. And I was like, okay, before you go off, like you want to be in this movie, you know, and she did it, um, and I mean that was just an experience, and then it just, like. Uh, I eventually had to, like, now it just, it was just, the flame was there. And mm. I was just like, fuck, I can't, <laughs> you know. I got to do this. Now I feel like I have to do this thing. But I wanted to do it reasonable because, you know, I had established a career. And I was just about to pay off my student loans. And I was, you know, I had worked so hard to, you know, I was approaching, stable. I was approaching 30. I was like, I was ready to buy a house. I was ready to do all this thing. And then, wow, you know. The stable life was in sight. Yes. I mean, it was already stable, but you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was saving a lot of money. I was, I was ready to make that next big step. And then I said, okay, well, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it in the best way possible, which is like, I'm going to only think about a Florida school. I'm not even going to entertain some yeah. other film school. All that extra tuition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, you know, I looked into acting programs, and then I looked into production programs. And I was like, okay, well, like, you know, if, 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 if none of this works out, let's say, and I'm just going to make more of a career switch, and by none of this works out, meaning, like, being a sort of a, a you know, a a working actor, a working director, things like that. I was like, well, do I think I can make a career out of just the filmmaking, you know, be like a grip or a camera assistant or just anyone in the background, just anyone in the process. So uh, I was just like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, and I don't know where I was. I've been living in Florida forever. I didn't even know Florida State had a film program. I was like, where was I? <laughs> Um, and I just, you know, actually one of my coworkers ended up mentioning it to me and I was like, what? Um, so I was like, where have I been? Clearly not ever north of Gainesville. <laughs> so, yeah. 
so yeah, I just um, I decided to do the application, and I said if I don't get in, then I will just continue working and just continue making movies over the summer or on weekends um, because teaching also gives you that flexibility. You know, to I mean, what are you working from seven to three? And then I mean, you can you can make movies on the weekend. You can things like that. Mm-hmm. True. So so I was like, well, this is a, this is a good backup option anyway, and I can kind of still, you know, do both things and try to find a different path. Um, and I had talked to, you know, uh, now they've become my close friends, and it was just like, well, we're I'm either going to go to film school. Or, and if I, and you know, this is me assuming like I'm going to get it. I'm either going to go to film school or we're going to start a production company because it's just like, you know, I'm very go big or go home. It's like this, you know, and, and, and for their own reasons, they weren't quite ready for that. So then I made the decision to apply to film school mm. and, um, you got and in, got in. Wow. Yeah. So- yeah. With that. And I'm also forever grateful for him because I applied with that movie. You know, one of the things that was always holding me back from just about film schools in general was that, like, you always need a reel. And I was terrified to touch the camera. I was terrified to touch the camera, didn't know how to edit anything. I was just like, how am I going to actually put a movie together? Like, this is, and not that I thought it had to be, because some people get caught up in the trap that it has to, like, be fancy, you know? I was just scared to even press record on anything. They just want to (laughs) see that you can tell a story. Right. And I I finally had something. So it's like when I can't have an excuse, I I tell myself I just have to do it. So Mm. I had a film. (laughs) Um, I've written some scripts. You know, I I wrote a pilot, and that was my little portfolio. Mm. And then that was it. You had never done something like that really before and then all of a sudden you start making your own shit and you get into like isn't it like one of the best programs in the nation or something that's what they say i honestly i i I, the fact that i didn't know about that they had a film school i went into florida state not knowing anything i i went to my interview i didn't you know for example (laughs) i like, obviously, I had seen Moonlight because I'm an avid movie watcher, but had no idea its connection to the film school. You know, I walk in. We're all sitting around. I talk about Moonlight eventually gets brought up. At that time, I just thought it was just brought up because it was just a popular movie. <laughs> yeah. People are bringing it up because it's obviously tied to FSU. And I'm just like, I- I'm not recognizing these things. And the first thing I say is, I don't like that movie. And... <laughs> And, you know, I just I'm like I give my reasons and I'm like, this is a great film. I just don't think I'm the audience for it. You know, mm, um, that's great, though, you know, and in the, in the sense that like and everyone is that, just kind of like or maybe I'm exaggerating my memory, but everyone is kind of floored. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> literally, and I was floored. like, oh, you don't know, like Barry Jenkins, you know, and I was just like and I said, well, hopefully they are accepting of other opinions. You know what I mean? And I mean, it's so know. honest, though. They have to appreciate that, at least to an extent. So, and I was just, and uh, apparently, and apparently they are. So, you know, this kind of like, uh, you know, this this expectation, I just, I, I had no idea. And 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 um, I, I was just completely clueless. But I, I, because I, I didn't know who even taught at the film school. And I will say that their their website is a bit vague. You know, you, you open it up is. the website. It I is so vague. I film school. It, for when I was a, in high school, so uh, yeah, it is yeah. very. Big. It's you know, it's it's a it's a very cool reel, and that was it. 
And I was just, and then they're like, just here's says, what you could make. Yeah, day. here's here's what you're capable of. Apply, yeah. you know. So you you really have to do digging. And I was just like, I was scared to dig because I didn't want to get discouraged. I didn't want to find out it was the top ten or the Man, top twenty smart. or whatever. I done that. And I didn't <laughs> want to like, I didn't. Excuse me. I didn't want to do anything that would turn me away or make me insecure and whatever. Mm. So. And also, I was teaching. I just had other priorities. Yeah. So the fact that you were teaching during all of this is just <laughs> ridiculous. Keep going. <laughs> and and so yeah, I just like I'm just I feel I, I tell myself like I don't know. It wasn't until like my first classes and realizing like who our professors were and or, or are and and what they've done. And I was just like, how did I get so, so fucking lucky? <laughs> I just so thought cool. it was going to be a bunch of chumps, you know, who never Dude, made a FSU movie. Is, is, and I'm you just talk like, about like, wow. Because we've had some film students on here. Can you just talk a little bit about um, the who are the people that are? I mean, you don't have to name their names necessarily, uh-huh. although they are on a public website. But just what are some of the credentials that are at this school? I mean, yeah, you can name names. They should be a little bit more transparent <laughs> about that, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now I'm trying to remember, you know, the, what I love about the design, uh, the you know, the interior design of the film school is that it is both flashy and humble because they have the movie posters everywhere. Of, yeah. Like the different movie posters that like Gratlam have done. But it's just so like minimalistic in a way. And it's just like, you know, you know, it's just like, you know, just, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, like Spider-Man or just the Maze Runner. The Apple Box no. glass table in the <laughs> yeah. lobby. It just worked Which on the I, think, I didn't even, I, I think it was about like until after my semester that I realized that that was a table of Apple Boxes. I finally just looked down. <laughs> I was and like, I was like there's so <laughs> these film kids. What is there? It's it's a glass. Well, it's it's a table. It has a glass top, but the table itself is made out of apple boxes. And yeah, the legs. Like they and they use uh, apple boxes on set for like raising the camera. You speak to it. I mean, yeah, yeah use apple boxes. It's for? just a universal, just you know, wooden apple rectangle. Boxes? Yeah, wooden like oh, rectangle that you could just like sit like on. Crates. Yeah, you can do kind of anything uh, with them, and then there's different sizes and. and Many times I've heard Vicky say, "Can I get an apple box?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so oh so they're 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 the universal film tool there, mm. um, but uh, now I'm thinking about it and and I mean our you know our our sound professor, you know, worked with uh, for Skywalker Sounds and, oh. and some of the best. Oh uh, wow. like we love Star Wars. And you know. Um, <laughs> So mentioned in you know the coolest way that you know he has a picture with uh, Steven Spielberg and um, well, you know Ben Burt and you know I wouldn't know I, I don't know <laughs> Ben Burt was the Star Wars um, guy <laughs> yeah um and if he does I, I may be I may be blanking out um right now I mean one of the one of the cinematography professors just finished on the Transformer set the newest one. Whoa. Um, you know, our, our writing professor, I mean, she is exquisite, has written numerous books, um, and 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 in such a variety of genres too. I mean, mm. you know, because the average writer just tends to just have their one thing and she can almost do anything. It is just like 
why are you <laughs> I almost feel like I'm my student now in reverse where I'm just like why are you guys here <laughs> um, stop being so kind to yeah, us yeah so they're teaching and also making films just like you were kind of doing a little bit ago yeah it, it seems like it you know everyone seems to be a little bit different and and you know at the end of the day we kind of don't really know the whole story or what they're currently work, working on or, or things like that but mm-hmm. that's what it seems like it's like they're kind of actively present then they may go off and and For like work a week or you know two. like if there's a project that they're working on or you know and then some have just put decades you know into the film industry and i think now they've just committed to teaching you know i i, I kind of mm. don't know the specifics on that it's just cool though that they are working though yeah I mean, they just wrapped yeah. on the newest transformers yeah. this guy works for lucasfilm or whatever or skywalker, skywalker sound. sound yeah i was like oh my yeah God. so it's kind of like everyone seems to be and i mean you know to find out that you know my visual effects professor worked on flubber which was like <laughs> the movie when i was a kid i loved flubber so much so it was just like <laughs> like it doesn't to to me it's like it, it it doesn't matter even how long ago some of them might have been because at you know it was more like at their prime that you know they were in this thing you know they were in this world and you can only do it for so long anyway We'd like to take a second to shout out our monthly patrons. Thank you to Aaron Bachman, Marissa Arnone, Mimi Schultz, Dan Winstrup, Corbin Gulo, and Christina Shan for their continuous support of the podcast. Everything we do on this show couldn't be possible without listeners like you. Consider joining us on Patreon, where for just a dollar a month, you can support the podcast and help us even more in the conversation about Active Hope. Now, back to the episode. They have this certain path that that I value and and would like to to replicate one day, mm. you know, which is like go and work and work and work and then want to give back to the classroom. Mm. Oh, so you're still trying to keep that teacher heart in you as you keep going. At forward. first, I said no that I would just want to separate the two, like just a new chapter, kind of. And it wasn't until this this current semester that we're in uh we just had our last class a couple weeks ago but uh where i uh me alongside one of my classmates we were selected to be the instructors for a bfa writing class so that was the first time that i taught any sort of creative writing class or create or creative class you know Mm. not sociology economics you know very (sighs) textbook yeah and we were given you know pretty much like leeway on how we wanted to approach it as long as the students ended up with these certain results like they have to end with their f1 script which ends up being the first film that they make and Mm. just some other expectations and university policies but for the most part it was kind of like prepare them for what they have to deliver and in that moment i was like okay i really do love teaching and i think that i don't like to teach to be able to teach a creative class is just feels like the greatest privilege and also to teach the film students too because i don't know 
how the experience would be if it was like in high school or if it was just a general ed in a university. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you might kind of end up with uh, some that love it and some that are just there. But but the the privilege at being able to teach a film class within the film school is like those students want to be there. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from the other perspective, because in my freshman year, I still had the goal of getting into the film school. Mm-hmm. And I took like intro to film, which is like, you know, that big everybody has to take it if you're undergrad. Even if you're, you know, it's like gen ed students and the film students are in that class, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have history of film which is one of the required mm-hmm. things. Um, and I, I know from, from my perspective, I wasn't in the film school, but I wanted to be in it. And seeing someone who was a master's student, especially when you're 18 like that, you don't, they're not that much older than you sometimes. Oh. They might be 22 or 23 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was looking at them like, they're like doing it they're in it I, they're so cool so i can imagine um even though you're you know you're teaching students who are in the film school um but they probably maybe they were looking up to you at the same way mm-hmm. being like man this person's experienced and has in their master's degree or something i don't know maybe yeah. even if they don't know the story they still have some sort of like you know uh expectation of who you are in their head no similarly i mean i think i think we even and and i definitely know for myself it was just like even the 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 mfa students that were just above us like you know it wasn't you you know when you actually put into a calendar year you know it 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 wasn't it wasn't like they have gone through just years and years of just this film school experience. They were just us (laughs) and you know that didn't really quite dawn on me anyway until I became now the second year now, and, and things like that. Years, right? Yeah. So, but I mean, when I walked into the film school and, you know, I had come across you know, MFA twos, it was just like, I, to me, they were like the Holy grail. Like I, I, I felt like they have just been in the industry or something. I felt like they, they knew it all. And, and that was the same thing. Like I was so excited to learn from them and, I was like, oh, my God, these are the experts, yeah, you know? <laughs> See, I wish that that was, like, the same kind of – I mean, it is to an extent if you go into it with that perspective. But I wish that was that same kind of atmosphere when it comes to, like, acting mm. and, like, getting into the program here at FSU for acting and then, like, seeing the seniors and you're just like, oh, my God. Well, I guess when I came, I was a freshman. There wasn't a senior class because of reasons. But mm-hmm. so seeing the juniors, at least, and just being like, oh, my gosh. But instead of being like, I want to learn from you, I'd, like – you kind of feel you, you feel threatened, yeah. You're just mm. like, oh, because we're like we're going for roles, you know, like yeah. you know, So we might be being called back for the same role within a week from now. So it's just like, and obviously since then I've been like, I don't care, dude. It's, <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all doing this. It doesn't matter. I stopped taking things right. personally a little bit ago, but it's just like it's so nice to hear that it's that kind of atmosphere. It's like you went in there, everyone wants to learn, and I will say that because I can't speak to filmmaking, but at least mm-hmm. from my experience with the film school, I know that. There is nothing like the feeling of being on a film set and everyone's on the same page. Mm. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) And I know you know what I mean by that. You know, it's just like, you know, and and just seeing how everything comes together and just the sheer amount of work that Mm -hmm. goes behind making a five-minute freaking film. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's 24 hours of like, Mm -hmm. at least for you. I mean, I'm there for 12, but, you know. But, like, and this kind of, I wanted to segue into what your experience has been like with the film school and what it's been like working on film sets and, I guess, stepping into the shoes of a student again. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so to kind of go backwards a little bit, so stepping into the shoes of a student has been maybe the hardest part for me mm. because I just, I feel like I have a different perspective. The moment that I stepped into the shoes of a teacher, I instantly feel guilty for anything I've ever complained about as a student. Mm. It was just like, you know, it's kind of like when you become a parent in a way, you know, you start to realize, you know, what your parents have gone through. So I, through that, I, I had that experience through a teaching, just kind of switching from student to teacher and realizing, you know, the kind of little shit, you know, I, I must have been for, <laughs> you know, so many years and things like that. So having to switch backwards it was hard. I often, I often felt like, or feel like, like I'm on the side of the institution and not on the side of the student. So like, let's Mm. say if, if, if something is, you know, maybe not going a certain way, like sometimes I feel like I'm saying the thing that no one wants to hear, which is like, you know, you know, we should be grateful or they're here to take care of us or, you know, we should, like be more careful or things like that i'm just kind of like i'm not ready to like um light a fire or anything you know i'm just kind of like i i see the institution in the film school as 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 a bit of like a holy thing like i'm just like i just i want to kind of work my way through it and have it help me help them Mm. kind of um and you know i like i tried the to not to keep my head down because i i am i am a very vocal person it's just like knowing what battles to fight and i feel like most battles are actually not worth the fight Uh, Mm i try to wait until the one that really matters so so sometimes you know i i feel a little bit of a of a of an isolated experience because i you know i want to you know, it's kind of like I want to, you know, connect with my classmates and, and be there for them. But I also have a hard time resisting this kind of feeling where it's just like, n- you know, no, it's not it's not like this. It's like this. Or maybe we should be a little bit more patient with our professors or maybe you know, I just like, just a little bit. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And I've kind of given up on like kind of uh, saying these things or, or you know, but because I don't think it's really worked out in my favor, but I just mm, like sure. I've had to just let I've <laughs> had to just let that go and just and 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 other things just like not even being a teacher, just you know having worked uh, you know a, a job and I don't know where everyone is on you know jobs that they've had and stuff like that. It's just like I, I'm just so much more just. Re- willing to or how do I describe it like like going back to empathy like I just want people to be who they are Mm. so while while certain things may not work well it's kind of like you know like there's a lot of forgiveness sometimes for how certain things are said and, and I'm just like like I'm just taking the words literally, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's okay. I know what you mean. It's like you Like I, I just I just want everybody has their own Don't have to think so much about um You don't have to what's the word I'm t- it's really hard to explain, but I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. We were talking about it before 
you got here a little bit where it's like just say what you mean and it's oh. it's, it's going to be all right. Like, oh, I think a good word for this is like people's sensitivity to things and and, and like, right. you, gotta, you know you got to be sense you know you can't be in like completely just steamrolling over it's, everybody. There's got to be a level of sensitivity but it doesn't have to be to a point where it's like hey man, I'm really like I'm trying I really just say it. Yeah. Just like say it's, it. A, it's the benefit of the doubt so yeah. that people can just say it and it will probably come out wrong or imperfect. But, but if, then you can also ask, you know, mm. so it's kind of like. And that's kind of how I am, you know, with with my friend, you know, with my friendships, which, you know, I admittedly don't have m- many of them. But the ones that I have are, are they're just a couple and they mean so much to me because. They will, you know, and, and and same to me, like I, you know, for example, I have a very, um, I can have a very serious face most of the time, you know, mm. and especially with the mask, it just like doesn't help. Yeah. I thought it, I actually thought it would help because, you know, I just kind of have this, these eyebrows and they can be kind of, you know, but then I realized, you know, and I was like, I don't know what's worse. If I wear no mask, I'm often just like brooding, like. <laughs> you know, and the sunglasses don't help, you know. But if I have the mask, then I'm not giving anyone anything to work off of. And see, I don't find your face to be kind of like, but I guess, you know, it depends on the situation. There's been a couple too. times where I thought you were pissed off at me. Yeah. You, you, you probably were. I mean, I'm, you were probably running sound and I wouldn't shut up, you know? Like, and, but there were, there were moments where I was like, I hope Vicky likes me. <laughs> yeah, I have a very, like, because I have a very work mode. And and those are the you things. Yeah. So and and that's something else to add because I'm very. This is a work mode, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. then outside of that, like if you, and you know, and and in a way, of course, this is also like a work mode. But given just the environment, it's like you have to know the difference. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I don't. Uh, I, I you know, it's like knowing when to separate, and and things like that. And I you know, I I always worry that that's kind of a thing that can be a little bit difficult in this kind of film school experience because it's kind of like, you know, you know, you go in, you don't really know anybody, you want to make friends, but you're also making coworkers. And it's like, it's a crazy line mm-hmm. to walk. Um, you might want to move in with some, probably not with others. You right. might get along with some others. Yeah. Right. So, so having just been working, I, I only kind of, you know, just new work. It's just like, I'm here to work. Like, even in my, you know, like, a couple people that have noticed it, like, if I've given them a ride for any reason, like, uh, on my phone, you know how, like, the phones nowadays kind of, like, know, like, where you're going to go? Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of, like, predict, like, oh, it's 9 a.m. on a Monday. Like, you must be going. You, must be going here. you know, yeah. my work address is the film school. Like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like... Um, so kind of to transition, because I always I want to make sure I go back to your questions, is that it's been it's been a bit hard because I'm like I'm so used to like I go to I go to school, I treat it as work and then I can kind of risk. Isolating myself because it's now like I walk out of the building and I'm like, oh, like, OK, I'm out of work now. OK, but those kind of people that would then be my friends you know i've kind of they've they're co-workers yeah yes and it's kind of like because that's that's i've always in in order to survive teaching i found it best to separate so that my personal life and my work life were just separated Hmm. you know it's like 
I go to work and I wasn't even one to come home and complain to a partner about <coughs> work, students or anything like that. It was just like I woke up and I had this very intimate, exceptional, great experience that I would talk sometimes. But even like the good stuff, I just that was just my world. And then at, you know, at 3 p.m., you know, I tell my students, I love you. Okay, but I'm, I'm done. I'll be back in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and I go home and, you know, and, you know, either, either, you know, just with friends. It was just like, it was, it was a hard line. Right. You compartmentalize your work and then your personal life. Yeah. You did the same thing, it sounds like, or you're doing the same thing, it sounds like, with film school. Mm-hmm. But it's different because as a, like, it'd be like if a, it'd be like if we went, to, we went to high school together. So it'd be like if we went to school together and then when the day was over, I was like, all right, see, Caleb, this was just at the school. We were just hanging out at school. I and had now so I'm many going. of those friendships. So I'm not <laughs> right. going to lie. There are, there are friendships like that. <laughs> right. So I guess I see what you're saying where it's like you're in this environment. I don't want to put words in your mouth. This is mm-hmm. how I'm interpreting it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in this environment where it's like film sets are, are weird because you become best friends with the people. Or you're like, you know, you might become best friends with the people, but it's also where you're working and where you're doing a professional thing Mm -hmm. so it sounds like what you're saying Mm -hmm. is like you know you you if if you hang out with them outside of the film school it might almost be like you're at work or something (laughs) right and Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like i you know just going just from growing up and 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 different experience it was just like the hardest thing for me was to create boundaries you know okay and and you know, it wasn't until I was probably around in college that I didn't even know. It's like boundaries is one of those things that you kind of think you know and you think you do, and then you realize you don't. So mm. it wasn't until I was teaching and I was forced to create boundaries that I kind of like learned boundaries, and I was thankful for that. It's just kind of in this experience, it's 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 hurt me in a way because you know, then I like I said, I, the workday is over. I leave class at six p.m. and I'm kind of looking left and right. And I've kind of missed the opportunities to kind of build those friendships. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, and then like any kind of school environment, you kind of, you know, if you kind of miss a window, like now the window's missed. It's like like if you're in your first day Mm -hmm. of class and you don't talk to the person, because you know what happens in college classes, you kind of like find a seat and that's your seat for the rest Mm -hmm. of the semester. And if you don't really talk to the people next to you until like two weeks in, it's kind of going to be weird. It's kind of like yes, I haven't that's talked a good, to you That's at a all. great way to yeah. put it. There are yeah. groups. I'm in a class, Critics of Religion, right now. There are several groups who have just been they got they got uh, along with each other very well right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. as soon as the teacher stops talking, it's like a whole uproar, right? But like mm-hmm. the people who I sit next to, <laughs> because I just happen to. Be a little busy, so I've missed class a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and they're not necessarily the most talkative individuals. But I'll just be like, "I'm I'm the first person we've been sitting down mm-hmm. for ten minutes, mind you. The teacher has talked already. Be like, okay, time to split up into group discussion. I'm the one to be like, "Hey guys, what's up?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh hey," <laughs> and then all yeah. of a sudden we get work done. But it's I get what you're saying, Ted. It's, no, it yeah. can be weird because you find that seat at first, and it's like you kind of in a way like going back to boundaries you kind of create those boundaries for yourself because mm-hmm. of well it's like the insecure even, nature of it right and i know what you're saying you miss the window and it happens all the time in different situations like even work even at like at the restaurant there are certain people that you talk to on your first day whether it be just by circumstance or because you think you might 
mm-hmm. gravitate towards them. And there's other people who it took me, you know, like a week or so to sort of even like be like, what's your name? Who are you? Mm. You know, and, and, and I mean, obviously those can still uh, flourish into something great, but I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. It's like there's a window of time mm-hmm. where if you don't take advantage of it, it maybe won't be as strong as it mm. could have been at that time. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. And, 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 and then in this kind of experience, it could be a little, a little damning because at the end of the day, you know, we're kind of in this, like, um, for lack of a better word, like incestuous kind of bubble where it's like you want to <laughs> work with your friends and things like that. So it's kind of like, well, what do you do when you don't have any? It, you kind of like, because we don't really have those separations, then those that don't have friends they don't have coworkers either, except for the moments where it's forced, you know, because at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, I, due to the design of the film school, I will have, what, 14 people on my set, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and by my set, I mean the one that I wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, like, at the end of the day, someone has to fill those roles. Mm-hmm. But it's, it gets a little hard because it's kind of like, you know, uh, excluding excluding the MFA ones, the first years, because they're just kind of assigned randomly to a certain extent. Um, but, you know, like your main team, your main team that is your mm-hmm. classmates, it's kind of like, it, it, it feels a little bit sad because yeah. they were forced to be there because someone had to fill the roles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, then you kind of have to carry this like positive momentum and yeah. and just like, you know, you, you have to work harder because they didn't necessarily want to be there. Mm. Um, so that that can be kind of that can be kind of a bit tough. And then, you know, social situations in general, not just a film school thing, just in the world are just geared towards extroverts. Mm. So while like while I could go to a party and never say a word, you know, I don't mind something like this even with you know two cameras and three microphones which seems more like a more of like a production than like a party at the end of the day this is more intimate yeah yeah so i'm not where other people might stress about these other factors i'm just more like i'm a small group conversationalist yeah i'm the same way yeah me too when i go to parties you know it's funny because i'm introverted but i but i first of all i think i grew up in a family that is extroverted in the sense that mm-hmm. like we're loud when we're together and mm-hmm. we, we, we joke around a lot. And I, I have social, like, you know, it's not like I'm scared of social interaction. Mm-hmm. I find, I find that the older I'm getting, and then this is going to sound so cynical and I, it, I don't really mean it, but it's the best <laughs> way I can explain it. It's like the older I'm getting, the more I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to this party and I'm like, okay, you're cool. I, I think you're a really nice person, but, but it's, sometimes it's hard for me. I sound like a dick, but sometimes it's hard for me to care. There's only spe- there's very mm-hmm. specific people where I'm like, I just want to talk to you. And, mm-hmm. you know, now obviously this podcast is actually, because I think maybe that became too cynical. This podcast has been a good exercise in being like, hey, wait a second, brain. Yeah. Everybody's pretty, you know, people are cool. Yeah. Try to, try to put yeah, some more yeah, effort yeah. in there. But I know what you mean. Like, I go to parties and I can talk to people, and a lot of times my conversations are, like, 
I talk to people for two seconds. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? Are you good? Yeah, I've been good. What you been doing? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's sick, man. All right. But they're like around. walking away as you tell them. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, um, but uh, I don't even know why. No, I mean, I, I always find up. myself as, like in those situations. I always end up in a one-on-one conversation. Yeah, one-on-one. I always, I always end up catching up with the individual, which ultimately matters most. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. You know, I wouldn't have had, I just told you before, I'm not going to name names, but I definitely wouldn't have had the audition that I'm doing this weekend for the film if it weren't for that one random party that I went to that you guys, I don't even know if you were there. I think you were standing outside maybe with everybody, with Sydney and everybody. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But I'm not, I'm not often there. Okay. Um, okay. You know, cause yeah, I, I've just, and then I, and then it, it, it's like, I, I have these just certain qualities just to me that it just also doesn't help in my favor. Like I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> I, mm, really? I, yeah, I've never been drunk. Um, wow. I know. I'm just like, it, it, it's like I am great. just yeah. You know. And then <laughs> all right. And then, like I did smoke when you know when I was like an undergrad. But then I became a teacher. And while plenty of teachers in America, you know, do <laughs> smoke um, <laughs> pot or whatever, I just like... I know one. I just felt like this bit of a... um, Like a value where it was like... You know, I I didn't want to be the parent that was like, don't do something I'm doing, you know? And, and Yeah, that's, that's kind yeah. of a slippery slope. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, because at the end of the day, they will, even though, you know, I'm I'm older and, and they're younger and there should be like a clear line. And but it was just like, it's just easier to not have that hypocrisy kind of weighed upon me, you know? So for sure. Um and plus, my students already assumed it, so they were just—they always were looking for me to say like, "Yeah, man, I like, smoke yeah, pot." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just you like, "Yeah, no." So then, you know, that kind of like, like I'm just not. And then I—I've I, always wondered if that affects people in regards to like, you know, maybe worrying that I'm like not going to have fun or be uncomfortable or things like that because. As I've, and now this is like a, a side conversation, and, and you still had two other questions, but. Um, did I? You did. <laughs> I'm just about like filmmaking and all that. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so it was just like, I've, I think that just over the years I've learned that when people are avid drinkers, even if it's just socially, that there's something about someone who doesn't drink that I think makes them uncomfortable and it, this is only just like some sort of a theory i have in my head i don't have any sort of empirical evidence but <laughs> because it's just kind of like it's it's like i've always wondered if i'm some sort of reflection of everything that you're not you know like because if i'm not drinking then i'm seeing you i am 100 percent seeing you at what might be your worst quote unquote right? yeah 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 it, i think it's more of like an insecure thing and while i don't care you know yeah. you could just you could you know drunk caleb could be doing all sorts of things i'm just like <laughs> go for it you know vicky i <laughs> love you vicky <laughs> you know, it's just like you know but that's something i've i've never known for sure it's just that you know like i've had but i had had friends like just like oh i didn't think you wanted to go to the bar and i'm like well you know you can go to the bar i'll go hang out at the bar you know i love me a barcade because i'll just (laughs) play the video games while you guys get trash you know (laughs) and then i'll take everybody home 
So I think that's a that's know, convenient. That's, nice. <laughs> that's what every no. I think I think people would be like, we got a we got a, a DD every time. So <laughs> it's valuable. So I mean, it, it it stopped by the time I graduated undergrad. It it more or less stopped. But for a long, I mean, my undergrad experience was like everyone betting on who was going to be the one to convince me to like be drunk for the first time. You know what I mean? Like kind of like yeah, there's definitely like oh like I can get you to kind of you know, and it was just like. I mean, that is a thing, though. Like I remember in undergrad, yeah. it was always like, "How far are we going tonight, guys? How far are we going?" And, uh, speaking uh, to me, still being in it, it's definitely still that way. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I yeah. see. I just graduated. Okay. And like, yeah, there's still parties that happen, but also all the people that I was in college with uh, have dissipated in different ways, and so like those, and also COVID. So those parties weren't happening in our senior year. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know what happened in senior year if those parties haven't happened. But, um, like, yeah. Uh, so, I under I, like, when you graduate, too, it all of a sudden changes. Because now if I go to a party mm-hmm. that I'm in, you know, I'm, like, I'm going to have, like, three beers and just mm-hmm. relax while you all get trashed. I'll probably head out at, like, 1230 or 1. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, I definitely have, like, a limit now. And, and I understand what you're saying because... You know, if you feel like now you don't care, imagine me. <laughs> I I really don't care, and and I hate to 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 say that because obviously it has such a negative connotation. It's not that I don't care about the person, right? Of course, it's that, that I've done this so many. I like the way I try to explain it, mm-hmm. and I hate to sound like an old man. The way I sometimes like explain it to my friends who are in college is like, I have I've done this like a lot. I don't know if you guys realize like I've done this a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I have gone to parties and gotten fucked up hard <laughs> a lot. So, sorry mom and dad if you're listening. <laughs> but like I I don't have a desire to do it anymore. So when I when I go to parties like okay, you know, maybe I'll get a little I'll I'll get drunk, but I'm not right. looking to be like just level 1. Going crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And and I've just I mean, I've I've always, you know, I've always cared about other things, and I I mean, if it wasn't for my love for movies and video games, I mean, I, I I'm I'm like, thank God I have those things because mm-hmm. that kind of connects me to just the everyday person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you know, if if I've I've either at least with TV shows, you know, especially American TV shows. You know, I, if I, even if I haven't finished it, I probably tried it. So I can always like, that's the thing that kind of, I feel like connects me with everyone. But mm-hmm. the things I'm really doing are not that I am like, if I, if I am, if I am leaving my house, you know, I am just scouring Google earth and, and just finding all different things to do. I've, cool. I've gone to like, if almost every park in Tallahassee museums like yeah. those there's a lot of stuff here. yeah because the thing that has been kind of hurting since I've been here is just my inability to travel and you know I, I, I that's what I was doing also when I was a teacher as well like every because I had weekends were guaranteed summer there was three days weekends due to holidays summer break winter break spring break uh, you mm. know and then the occasional early release day so those were the best. Yeah, yeah. If you thought it was the best when you were a student, <laughs> it was the best when you were a teacher. Sure. Um, so and 
so those I just associated with my you know with those kind of things more and and I I would start to get insecure with certain conversations because it was kind of like like you know how I think there's kind of this assumption is like how do we connect because if you ask me what I what I did last summer my answer you know is is that you know, I, I went to Denmark or I, I solo tripped to Africa. And then it's kind of like, Whoa. did you do that? Yes, I did. Well, that's you know, to South Africa, not like the whole continent. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> you know? I went on a safari. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> I mean, I kind of came in and, and, you know, you never know how, what these things are saying are being perceived, you know? Basically, you're cooler than everybody. So, no, <laughs> That's I'm quite the opposite. Everyone's like, you know what? <laughs> you know, and then I started to like, I remember I had a conversation once where it was just like, I think I'm digging myself a grave because, like, you, because you only really know the root of somebody when you have, converse, you know, conversations with them. Mm-hmm. But in order to get there to like how they grew up or, you know, you know, how their parents treated them and all the things that like shape who they are, you got to get through the kind of like surface level things, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. it's like the small talk. Yeah, which I'm a failure at. But it's like so. So anyway, so I remember having this conversation once. I was like, I think I'm taking myself in a grave because if we have like a conversation about tacos, you know, I'm going to tell you about, you know. I'm going to tell you about my favorite taco place in Mexico. And I just, like, sound just like an asshole. (laughs) And I'm just like, because that's what my life the last few years have been, you know? Uh, Like, I I can, I can, you know, I can tell you that the best vegan croissant I've ever had, although there is an amazing vegan bakery in South Beach, and I hope it's still there, you know, was in, in, in Denmark and things like that. And I'm just like, Wow, I don't know how I sound, but it's probably like an asshole, and I probably sound like full of privilege, Dude, and, somebody... and people just, you know, like, so that was just like, I'm going to refrain from that and just, like, talk about Wendy's, like, you know? I don't know. Because that, I, I that can like hit, too. Wendy's can hit. It can hit. I feel like you'd be, I don't know, I don't know the people that you are talking to, but. I don't know. I feel like, A, you can't control how they respond to that, and then, B, it's like, I know if it was me, I'd be like, you went to you had a taco in Mexico? Tell me about that. Because I like mm-hmm. hearing about that stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, sometimes maybe I dig myself into a grave for lack of a bit. I don't want to say it that way because I don't think yeah. it's a negative thing. It's just I am someone who very much wants to, like, I don't even care if I don't know you. And, again, this podcast has made this. That's why easier. I love it. Where I'm cut like, through the bullshit. Where I'm like, yeah. I don't care if I don't know who you are. Tell me something crazy about mm-hmm. yourself. And I, and I, like, I've done that at parties and stuff, and some people really don't like it. Yes. And some, and which I, but I have to respect that, too. Some people just don't want to open up right away. Mm-hmm. I happen to be someone who oversharing comes easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'll tell you about my life if you want to sit down on the couch at this party and we'll just talk. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I've also tried to get better at, I think small talk is important. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to figure out how to do that with people. Um, but again, I, I'm glad that I was given the opportunity to kind of cut through it and just like yes. get to know you better because mm-hmm. I've only well, you started seen it you. you were just like, yeah, I've only seen you in audition scenarios, mm-hmm. which, oh my God, I know that you witnessed one of my worst auditions ever on Zoom. 
It was you. <laughs> you it wasn't see, great. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it was like, I've seen you in audition scenarios. I've seen you on set and, like you said, work mode. So mm-hmm. I'm just glad that I actually, like, I kind of, like, know a little bit more about, like, who you are. Um, and I know that, like, as we're, I mean, we've talked for an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know if you know that so far, but I'm doing pretty good. Um, and I wanted it because there is, I guess there is some questions that you still need to answer. Yes. But to wrap it in a nice little bow, I guess, for the question, is like, why specifically a directing specialist? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, given that, hmm, I think it's just, well, there's two things. Directors, you know, it's different, and, and I still feel like I don't even, really know who makes the decisions but you know sometimes the lack of other words like the directors are kind of making the decisions and i'm in that very simplified way i'm often confident in what my decisions are mm. um, i'm still learning to and film school has helped with that a lot just not being like i'm always I've been confident internally with my decisions are mm. just externalizing them mm. and just saying you know i hear you um, I also like the ability, so that's just like in just a box, uh, but what really draws me is just the director is the person that gets to collaborate with more or less like every department, mm-hmm. you know, because, because there's so many departments and so many things are segregated and, you know, it's like, is the colorist talking to the sound designer? I mean, I, I don't know, but I would assume not, yeah. you know, because everything is just the movie, just theoretical movie is just being passed and passed and passed. It's like, but it's the director that is, you know, and then depending on the type of director, depending on how far they want to go, excuse me, they could just just be in the room at you know with all those people get to know those people and just like collaborate with those people so Mm. at my very core it's less about the filmmaking and about the storytelling and about all of that and it's and it's being able to be in a position to basically do this with as many people as possible now, mm-hmm. if we can sit in a room and talk and get to know each other, and then also outside after that comes a movie that is hopefully good, then that's even better. Yeah. But I, I find filmmaking to be my way that I can connect with people because as we've been talking about like extroversion and parties and things like that, I just, no matter how hard I try, I can't quite do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely like, and, and I'm not an initiator in that way, like, you know, to go up to a group or something like that. But when you're, when you're, when you're working on creativity, there is that opportunity to, you know, get to know someone, you know, a little bit more. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like the, let's say the director, the relationship with the director and the actor, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, Yes, we're we're both pursuing we're both pursuing a single goal, which is not very often, you know, where job where a job is like that, you mm-hmm. know. You and I are working together to pursue this goal, which is like to tell this great story and and all this other stuff. But in order to get there, we do kind of have to like 
or if you really want to do it well, I would say, because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't do that. But for me to do it well, it's like, I have to get to know Caleb. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to be in a position for him to be vulnerable and for me to be vulnerable. And, mm-hmm. like, for as much of a show as it is, so much of it is not a show. It's just these intimate conversations. And since I don't quite know how to do that, like, outside of this, you know, real world, I'm kind of able to tap into that in this mm, creative right. world. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so I can, like, like I can, you know, just being a director, you know, I'm, ha- you know, in theory, let's say, um, you know, I'm having a conversation with my sound designer and, you know, what would maybe, you know, if, if it's a VFX person and, and my editor and my DP and my producer and, and it's like, and, you know, I get to, I get to know a little bit about them and they get to know a little bit about me and we get to do something fucking rad and, then, <laughs> yeah. and we get to also not sleep and you know it's, it's also like we're kind of suffering together yeah it's just this like filmmaking requires a community and it's like a brothers in arms kind of deal. yeah mm-hmm. and 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 you just it's like a you're fighting for that you're fighting to kind of keep this ship afloat so mm-hmm. that's so with directing, I was able, you know, I'm able to kind of see every part of it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, with that being cool. said, mm-hmm. then, because I like the idea of, you know, filmmaking is a brothers in arms sort of collective. Very it is a collective experience. Yeah. And you go through it together. What is, um, you know, maybe you kind of answered it in that question, but what is something that brings you hope in the world? Oh, wow. Um, um, the smile slaps the face. <laughs> man. Um, hope to the world that we're not all doomed. That's kind of the way I'm, I'm yeah. answering this question. Okay. Um. <laughs> my i always hate to to go back to my time as an educator because sometimes i feel like it's all i talk about or all i can really talk about um but it's i mean it's them it's it's i can be you know i can be cynical or often i can be seen as cynical and uh like you know, it's it's always that like the future lies with the younger generation and that whole kind of shtick or whatever. But it's true. It's like just seeing how they dream. You know, it's it's just yeah. I don't know. I can't put it into words. I it, and which is which is frustrating. I think for any listener. So I'm sorry. Um, but I mean, they were the reasons why I got up every morning and and it was never they knew that with me there wasn't that sort of like paycheck mindset because you know I also understand that at the end of the day you can get a paycheck doing any job so this whole thing where it's kind of like I'm still getting paid so it doesn't matter I never understood that because Mm. 
because you could always, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then leave and get paid to do something else. So they were the reasons why, I, you know, I got up every day and and they helped me through so much, which was just like patience and empathy, which is something we've already discussed. And just, I mean, personal growth. And then they give me hope because I hated school as a kid Mm -hmm. and I failed at it. So to be a teacher was like, I don't know, some sort of like, (laughs) (laughs) like, like, you know, I was going to make like a sub joke here. Like, it's just like, it's like, why am I going to put myself through so much torture? You know, it's like, what is wrong with me? You know, it's (laughs) like, I, I, it, it just, it just seemed like the worst decision ever. Um, and then, I had never been more accepted than in my own classroom. Mm-hmm. They accepted me for who I was. And and who knows? You know, maybe in the hallway they're talking shit. But in the classroom, you know, <laughs> and, you know, who knows? It's just like, you know, in the classroom, I wanted to make them feel like they could be who they are. Of course, they had to, you know, make sure they paid attention and turned in their homework and blah, 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 blah. But I wanted them to make sure that they could feel like who they are. And they gave that back to me. So, like, mm. I, I, yeah, like, they, they, while they aren't or they can't be, you know, your friends or whatever, in a, in a certain way, I carry them, like, they are, you know, the greatest friends, you know, the, they're the greatest friends I can never have. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, obviously I'm their teacher and stuff like that, but it just, you know, I, I was in a position where it was just like, you know, in like I said, I was teaching at my old high school and stuff like that. I had so many bad memories and and they knew how to just on accident, just by being themselves, just kind of reshaped that the whole experience was just super cathartic for me. Mm. And I was just like, it is possible to find people who accept you, to find people to love you for who you are. And um, it may not be everywhere, you know, you may go to certain places where it's just, it's not not where it's happening, but that doesn't mean that it's, if it's not happening there or in this moment or in this day, that it can't happen somewhere else or something like that. So mm. it, 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 everything, I talk about it so much, or represent so much because everything goes back to them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, that was beautiful. That was. <laughs> Second of all. Um, the two-parter, mm-hmm. second part to this question is, what's something that you do that brings hope in the world? We love loaded questions on this show. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I love, I love a loaded question. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, what do I do? Hmm. <laughs> Other than wear cool I recycling definitely... earrings. <laughs> yeah, those are badass. Yeah, you know, but they're made of plastic, so who am I? Recycled plastic? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. I do think that it takes, admittedly, I'm not, I think, the most approachable person. Um, often because I'm just really just living in my head. I, I'm playing movies up there. <laughs> so 
But when someone gives me a chance to just like turn that off and like I said, I'm not an initiator, but it's just like, oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. I don't start the conversations, but I can, you know, take them over a little bit. And I, I think that the hope that I bring is showing people it's kind of tied together that I'm not someone that just says, ah, no judgments. You know, I mean it to my core. And sometimes it could be a little bit, it it could seem like what I'm doing or saying may not be uh, what I'm feeling, but like, it's because I, I, I like to, to pierce and kind of excavate and just sit in that and just explore and just be comfortable and not into and 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 it takes a special person most most people just kind of you know they think that you might use the information against them or you know mm-hmm. um but i just and real is such an overused word but uh i think that i allow people to just kind of be themselves mm-hmm. and just you know like because i i want to know who people are and you can't know who they are if everything that they're saying is like just something that is going to be criticized you know and i'm not i'm not here for that mm-hmm. so that that's what i hope that the hope i bring that's that's what i hope it's just kind of like it it's just just ah oh, just letting go like this 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 weight of this world is so exhausting and I just want people to just Relax. be themselves. Yeah. And it's just like. I know what you mean. Yeah. And it's it, it, it's so heavy. And I don't know. Sorry. Now I'm just getting. Nah, man. I, I, no, it's okay. I think that you're saying a very hopeful thing, which is. But, I, but it does lead into this whole, like, the world's heavy. And there's a lot of stuff that we have to deal with right now. There's always. But the thing is, there's always been stuff that people have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love what you're saying, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of at the core of why we started this podcast, too. And it's just this idea of, like, like, the only way that you can get better or feel comfortable is just you got to let people be who they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I don't want to go on a whole long thing, but yes. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. like just yeah. and I can, relax and we can talk about it and maybe yeah. something positive will come out of that. We don't need to play a game here that's, am I saying something wrong? Oh, I or, can't. I can't. Like, we just need, we can just the talk. Games. We yeah. Can just, we, can just, <laughs> we can just talk it out. And if I don't like what you said, then maybe I'll get angry at you and mm-hmm. then I'm going to walk away or something. But like, that's better than being like holding back and not, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, and and I can be and I can be really intense. So you know I've learned to kind of know when is the time or the day because for me I feel like it's always the time or the day. It's like I can get kind of. I, I think often my intensity has been kind of confused for a sort of seriousness, you know. But it's like and serious kind of has this sort of negative connotation. Mm-hmm. You know, to be serious is just kind of like to be either mean or to like. To not be loose. Or boring. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just, 
but I am so serious <laughs> about just letting go. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just, I, 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 you know, and I can get like, and, you know, and, and I can, but, but, you know, often people are just like, oh, you know, but you know, it takes, a, you know, when someone is like, you know, can you just like slow down for a sec and, you know, then I can. But again, the, the, I, I can only be so aware as someone tells me something, mm -hmm. you know, so I can, you know, I just, I want people to be able to feel their full range of emotions and mm -hmm. we just like can't and that mm -hmm. I find that frustrating. So yeah. like just feel the, feel like just when you're angry, like, you know, you can just be angry, you know, <laughs> you can be sad, you can you know be you know there's so many other words that are tied to certain to things yeah like mm -hmm. to, you know to be crying is to like be pathetic and those are all things i feel too but mm -hmm. you know i i, I want to strip that and i think that it's like sometimes the way that i like you know talk about it or you know i may not have the best approach but that's always the goal is actually to just take the facade off I just mm. I can't and, and that's why you know which by the way I mean you said that you weren't a part of the filmmaking but you are because with acting you know at the end of the day we could set up all these lights you could put cameras there but if no one is brave enough to stand in front of it you know then we have truly nothing so thank you for that and you are an essential part of the filmmaking process and and I tie that to what I was going to say which is that that's why you know I, I just I love what you and y'all as in all actors in the world i love i love what y'all do because you just it's like almost acting isn't the right word because you know that means that you're doing something that's not real but it is so fucking real thank you i appreciate that it is so real and i just wish that like you know that there wasn't a cut kind of you know but then that goes into you know we're running out of media, so yeah, it's got to flow. <laughs> yeah. It has to make sense to the audience. Yeah, all these things. Yeah, I yeah. just sometimes I wish I could just live in that bubble just forever, you know. Hey, maybe that's what's going on when you're walking around to the grocery store and playing movies in your head or something. You know, <laughs> you yeah. are the actor in that scenario, <laughs> and it's so cool to hear your perspective and like, and I love that you don't ignore the the stuff that weighs you down i'm glad that you bring it up but you also partner it with the things that bring you hope and lighten that load um because it seems like through i mean we've only talked about your experience since you got into college you know and that's leaving out half of your life you know mm -hmm. before that right so but at least for this it's not actually a half but like the second half of your life it seems like this track has been this intrinsic need to help people Hmm. Whether it be your students or whether it be with your audience members, you know, it's like you, like you said, your students knew that you weren't there for the paycheck. You were there for them. You understood and empathized with their position in the neighborhoods and understood that, you know, you were going to have to change your tactics. You, were, you, can't, you couldn't be the mean substitute. You know, if you wanted to get them to learn, you had to, like I said, change your tactics. And I think that I'm so, I'm just so excited to see how this filmmaking degree comes out and how it all kind of like comes together. And I'm really excited to see the impact that you make, you know, because like, I feel like you have a very, I don't know if poignant is the right word, but you have a very poignant way of 
bringing things to the forefront. And I think it might, might have to do with your life experience. I mean, I mentioned it before, you're the oldest guest that we've had on so far. You're a wonderful 30 years old, no shame to the 60 year olds. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it's, it, I think it tells so much in the level of value that you hold for teachers and students and that students are what brought you hope in the world. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that is the first answer that we've had because we've had only students thus far. You know, right. even though you technically are a student right now, it's like you've been able to put on that other hat, as you said. Um, and it's just like, it's just so cool it's sitting on this table. We're not wearing masks. I can see you <laughs> smile and we can laugh together. Mm -hmm. And now I actually know who you are. So next time I see you, ideally, on another set, I'm going to walk right up to you and be like, what's up? Do you prefer daps, high fives, poundits, hugs? Um, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I love that. Um, everyone has different. Uh, I just kind of, a, a hug is good, you know. I'm going to hug you. Sorry with COVID and everything, but like, uh, you know, I sometimes, I guess it just depends, you know, especially, especially with COVID, it makes the whole like, you know, we, we're going to like do a fist bump. I don't know. Now there's an elbow involved. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I think that people should hug each other more, actually. Let's yeah. just let's let's assume like COVID is just not a thing for a second. Like I just there is just something about a hug that is underappreciated. And then because of that, we have to go to the other extreme where it's like the free hug people, you know, then that kind of makes everyone uncomfortable. Some people go for it, but <laughs> it's just like if we could make you know sometimes I, I in like you know like i you know i tell my friends that i love them and you know i we give each other hugs and it's just like come on like it's just it, it has to be i'm intimate mm -hmm. you know so you know a hug well on that note <laughs> give somebody a hug and mm -hmm. hopefully you found some hope today thanks for listening to the only constant we hope today's episode made you feel a little more hopeful or changed your perspective in some way. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Only Constant Podcast or check us out at OnlyConstantPodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating or review for the show helps us immensely, and we'd appreciate the feedback. None of this would be possible without you, the listener. Thanks for all your support, and we'll see you next time. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening.